You're listening to the MyMac.com podcast with your host, Tim Robertson. And this is MyMac podcast number 245. This week we're starting our bringing the listener in, inviting them into the show and making it more of a community event. And our first victim, (laughs) okay, our first participant is Jim Felder. We also do a real long segment on some feedback we got from Barry White. And Zelic Software sent us some discounts for software. Should be pretty cool. Thanks for downloading. Enjoy. And this is My Mac Podcast number 245. My name is Tim Robertson, the host, and I'm joined by David Cohen today. Hello, David. Good evening. One more day to go, and the new iPhone 3GS comes out. And uh, you're not going to get one on day one, are you, David? No, I'm not. It, the, I'd have to pay quite a lot of money over here. The um, effects of the O2 have said that I would have to buy out my remaining six months of contract and then pay the upgrade price uh, and um, the upgrade price in terms of pounds for dollars they they want they want 185 pounds for a 16 gig 3gs crazy which is, uh, which is about 300 dollars uh, and that's uh, a bit too rich for me at the point at you, this point with the feature set available do you think that it would be smarter for these cell phone companies to simply extend your contract so if you have six months left you could sign another six month or another two-year contract but that contract won't actually take effect that time until your current time runs out. So effectively, they'll get you for another two and a half years rather than six months, and then hope that you'll come in at the end of the six months and renew. Well, I guess I guess they could do that, but I think the problem is if you do that a couple of times, you'll end up with a contract that's kind of extending so many years into the future, and then people will start complaining that they want to get out of it. So well, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 I could understand if they would let you do that maybe once, that you couldn't extend yeah. it beyond three years, but I don't know. If if you have a customer standing in front of you that wants to update their phone, they just bulk at the price, and you have the option of potentially losing that customer in the future because you've ticked them off, or simply extending them another two years at the end of their existing contract and giving them the reduced price, I don't know, especially if as a customer that hey, you look at their history and they've been with us for a couple years or even longer, and they've never missed a payment, and they're a great customer. I think you make the customer happy rather than send them away sad and upset and vowing to leave you when the contract's over. But you're, you're assuming that keeping the customer happy is, is what cell phone companies are all about, and I don't think it really is. Yeah, I don't think it is either. Do you guys, Cyril? No, I don't think so at all. I think, uh, especially over here in the States, that, that AT&T is is really just kind of dropping the ball as far as the iPhone goes. You know, they're, they're milking it for everything that they can because they know they're they're eventually going to lose their exclusive uh, exclusivity. Yeah, we talked about that last week, and I think we all agree that once that runs out, Apple is not renewing an exclusive contract with AT and T. No, not an. I mean, they'll keep they'll allow AT and T to keep selling it. They'd be foolish not to. But yep. uh, they, you know, but there'll be others that'll be selling it as well. Now, last week's show at the end, I mentioned that. One of the things that we want to do, and by we I mean Guy Searle and David Cohen and uh, uh, Mark Rudd when he's on the show, one of the things that we'd like to do is bring different people into the show, not just MyMac staff members, but the people who actually listen to the show. Um, I call it kind of the, the Grateful Dead mentality, where the, where the dead would let people come in and make their own bootleg music 
record the concerts, and it was more of an event. Um, and a, a Grateful Dead concert was where you got to get together with all your like-minded buddies and, and chat and see them. And why not do that on the podcast as well? We've done interviews and stuff like that in the past. And I like doing interviews, don't get me wrong. And I think we do them pretty well because we get beyond just, you know, whatever the PR message happens to be that Adobe wants to tell us and get into who this person that we're talking to. And I think the listeners like that because, you know, you start putting personalities and actual people in with these companies and uh, you, you just you feel more comfortable with it. Now, a prime example would be American uh, American Online, David. America Online, sorry. America Online, yeah. yeah. I mean, we had someone from AOL on the show, and it was a fun interview, and it was so yeah. fun that he kept coming back, and he kind of became a regular. Yeah. And that's the kind of thing that I like about our interviews. But how do we do that with the listeners? <clears throat> because it's a podcast, it's not recorded live, we don't really have a, a number that someone can call in. They'd have to call in at a certain time and a certain date and no one's going to mark that in their iCal to remember. So the only way to do it is simply to invite our listeners in. So if you're a listener and you'd like to join the show, simply send an email to feedback at mymac.com and we can set something up. We'll get you on the show. The first person to do so was Jim Felder and Jim is joining us today. Hello, Jim. Hey there, Tim. How's it going? Pretty good. I waited almost five minutes to introduce you to the show, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's quite all right. I just like listening. You know, the thing oh, Jim, is... Oh, Jim's here. Oh, Jim. Shh, shh, Jim's here. <laughs> hey. Shh. So, you know, one of the things is, and I, Jim and I talked on the phone briefly uh, a couple days ago about him coming on the show, and uh, he made a comment that I found very true true to life, and that's, you get this passion for something, and unless there's other people around you with the same passion... You don't have the opportunity to talk to anybody. Now, listen to podcasts is okay, but it that's a lot different than actually talking to someone. And, Jim, you don't have any other Mac users around you. Nobody else that's passionate about this platform like you are. That's right. Yeah. I, I, I'm the only guy in the family, the only, only guy at work that's passionate, except for one friend that I converted. Uh, I'm the only guy. Yeah, and it, it's like, man... It'd be nice to be able to talk to someone occasionally, and I yeah, think, that has the same passion. Yeah, you exactly. Know? You know, and we're here for you. We're Jim. here for you, Jim, and not just Thank for Jim, you. for for other people that are listening. Because I think a lot of people fall into that demographic. You just got no one to to talk about your passions with. I mean, whether it's you know you're into video games or comic books or fixing older cars and whatever your passion is, hopefully you've got someone close by that you can share it with. And if you don't, especially if you're a Mac user. Podcasts are kind of really cool because you can at least listen to other people that share those passions. But unless you're kind of weird and you're talking back to your radio, <laughs> you know, like I, I was do. just going like, to say like that. I do. Yeah. <laughs> um, it doesn't have the, quite the, the same thing. So we do want to open this show up. We're not going to do it every week, but we want to start scheduling the people that listen to the show to come on the show, not for an interview, but. Just for a chat, to, to talk and, and have some fun and uh, be more of a community. And I, and I really like that idea. And uh, thanks for coming on the first time, Jim. Well, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. So what was your uh, excitement level when you saw the new iPhone? Because at first you told me you were going to get a new one, but I understand you're going to not do that now. Yeah, I was excited about the uh, video and the uh, camera being upgraded, the autofocus and... Uh, 
you know, I've wanted an iPhone for a long time, but uh, I wanted to go ahead and wait for this new one because I heard the announcement or I heard rumors that it was going to be announced. And so I thought, well, I'll go ahead and wait before I get one. But then, you know, life happenings, uh, you know, I had to change my mind. But uh, another thing that I changed my mind, the reason for that was, uh, you know, the rumor that AT&T or that Apple might be going with another carrier. And I thought that I might wait for that, too. So Yeah, the contracts bite. I mean, you, two years is a long time to commit to anything. And if you're not Except happy marriage. with your, Yeah, well, for some people it is. Um <laughs> For some people, they don't want to... What if you're not happy with the phone? What if you're not happy with this company six months down the line? Well, you're stuck with them unless you have to pay a hefty... Usually, it's like a 200 or $300 fee to break the contract. And at that point, your phone is still tied to that carrier, so now you have to go to another carrier. But my point is, I don't think any of the cell phone carriers out there in the U.S. or anywhere else, as far as I know, are great companies. The, the, nobody really wants to do business with them. We're just kind of stuck doing business with them. And the only reason the AT&T has my money is because of the iPhone. I think I think Jim muted it because he had a little one back there. Yeah, oh, I did. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> if, if life we pick life up happens. Little, life happens, that's right. Absolutely. None of us are sitting in recording studios. <laughs> no. <laughs> so you're going to hold off getting the iPhone for now. Right. Just well, gonna wait you know, and if see you wait long happens. enough, you might get even a better one eventually. Because, well, that's well, that's right. You don't you don't currently have one now, do you? I don't. And see, I I waited for 3G, and I thought, well, I'll wait for a better one, and then of course I'll have to wait a little bit longer. Now, here's so. my question for you guys. We'll start with you, David. Do you think Apple's going to make a yearly announcement for a brand new iPhone, or do you think that the 3GS is going to last a little bit longer than a year? Well, I mean, here's the thing. Um, you know, you look at the 3GS now, uh, and it has most of the features and improvements that people were hoping for. Um, obviously, a lot of the stuff comes from the underlying operating system, so that will apply to all the phones. But, you know, it has some, some spec improvements, and then it has a better camera and video and that sort of thing. I find myself wondering, after seeing this phone, what more can they do to it? I can answer that. Um, well, a 3-megapixel camera is, is pretty good. For really good photos, I'm still going to take my other digital camera because sure. it takes better yeah. pictures. And for really special occasions, uh, I'm going to, well, let's not say special, more special than normal. I'll bring my little flip HD camera because it records in HD. And for super special occasions, I'll bring my uh, my full-size Canon. Yeah, but what, but what, just, if, what if it's super, super special occasions? Well, then I'll bring my holo projector and record it that way. <laughs> but I, I, don't, I don't think Apple's ever going to be able to compete with those sorts of devices because at the end of the day, it's a phone with a, a, you know, a little tiny pinhole lens in the back of the, back of the, the, the case. I, I, the thing is, is, after this release, I don't see what, what... It's hard to see what new features they could cram into the existing handset design that would make next year's model... You know, more compelling than the 3GS. It's, I, you know, I can't really visualize that at this point. So I, I'm just wondering whether they will have to either, you know, split the line into 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 bringing new devices that look completely different and are formed completely differently. They could build an iPod into it. Oh wait, no, yeah, 
Never mind. No, exactly. <laughs> you know, it, it, I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it, if, it, if it's kind of reaching the zenith of what they can do with this particular lineup, um, I wonder whether they will stick with the, uh, you know, with the yearly upgrade or whether they'll, they'll, they'll do something else. I, I, it's, you know, three years running, uh, you know, three different phones now, um, each of them better than the last. It's, it's hard for me to, un- to, to think what they could put in. Um, that, you know, because they seem to, with this one, they seem to have put in pretty much everything that everyone's been asking for, you know, unless you get s- stupid, like, you know, infinite battery life or, uh, or something like that. So I, I don't know really. I, I can't, I personally can't see it at the moment that, that this time next year we'll, we'll be looking at it at a, a new iPhone. What I, what, uh, to replace this one, I think what we may be looking at, uh, is a new product that sits side by side with this one. Yeah, I was going to get to that. What do you think, Jim? Everyone talks about the tablet. Um, I mean, this has been a rumor well, going around since before Steve Jobs returned. I mean, the, the tablet Mac's been it, it's, that rumor's always been out there, but Apple doesn't seem to be moving on it quickly at all. I I think that's possible that they'll do it. I don't know when, but I mean, I, I think it's a I think it would be a good move. I, you know, I, I don't know that I would buy one, but or need one. Uh, just depends on the like like the air. You know, it just depends on what you're going to do with it. And I think what kind of things you use it for. I, I think that if anything, at this point, it would almost have to be a gaming platform, guy, Cyril. Yeah, I was going to say I have a feeling that the the app store and and the kind of apps that end up being more popular will probably kind of give Apple a clue as to oh, what I direction I don't to take. Think, I don't think it, it may. I think that gaming on the iPhone finally woke up Apple to the idea of games since the Pippin. Well, you know, that's kind of what I'm saying. I mean, because this, this iPhone actually has a uh, some kind of graphics chip in it that the old one did not have, and I think that was partially due to the types of apps that were being created since they opened up the App Store. Well, you know, Apple wants it, to get in the living room. There's no question. And the Apple TV was a good first step. I love my Apple TV. Um, I try to convert people to it all the time because once you have it, man, it's, it's just great. Yeah. But there's got to be some kind of a bridge between this little handheld thing that I'm holding and my big screen television. And the Apple TV is sitting there. Why can't... And I've said this, I've been saying this for years now, a couple years. Why can't the iPhone simply become a controller for games that you're playing on your Apple TV? If you if you buy a game on your iPhone, it syncs with your Apple TV, and you can use your your television in the living room to play I, games. I think, I, think, I think even wider than that, Tim, you know, if you look at what they're building to Snow Leopard with this, uh, this grand central concept where you can use different processes to take um, you know, tasks off the main computer. Why not have uh, you know either an iPhone or or a, a larger device that you know wirelessly links up to your Mac as you're using it and becomes an extension of the Mac display and can do you know sub processing and that sort of thing. But it's actually integrated with your Snow Leopard machine. A lot of possibilities. Um, I don't think anybody at Apple right now is foolish enough not to be looking at this stuff. And if there's one thing that I think that we've all come to expect from Apple is that. When they come out with a solution, it's going to be better than what we thought it was going to be. It's going to be one of usually. those, usually. But it's going to be one of those things that we need, and we didn't even know we needed it until someone at Apple showed it to us. And then we go, wow, I, I, I need that. I have a need. And I think they've been really good at that over the years. I don't see that changing, Jim. I don't either. I, I think everything they come out with is good. I like everything that they do. So I haven't experienced anything that they 
that I that I that they've made that I didn't like. So well, I can think of a couple. Things. <laughs> There's a few <laughs> things out there. Yeah, it's, like uh, the iPod Hi-Fi, for example. The i the what? The iPod Hi-Fi. Oh yeah, that that way overpriced speaker system that was just a brick. Yeah, exactly. yeah, that wasn't the, it, the greatest. It did sound it did sound very good though. It did, but for the price and performance, it really wasn't there. Yeah. Um, and plus, that's something that's best left to the third party because you want a. You want developers, developers, developers. Whether right. You want a healthy third-party, third-party yeah. approach to whatever yeah. platform it, it is and it's that not you're creating. just software. It's hardware as well. In fact, I think one of the big draws of the iPhone and the iPod, especially the iPod, was just the multitude of accessories that you can get for this. Remember, I was talking a couple, last week's show about that uh, update for my current gen or my uh, fifth-gen iPod, where I put a 240 gig hard drive in it. I mean, with all my content right there on my iPod, I can have a little docking system up in the bedroom or in the kitchen, and I have immediate access to everything right there. And it's that ecosystem of all these things work with the iPod. You know, you can right. have an FM transmitter, and you can listen to your car, or you can directly plug it in like the Harman Kardon Drive Plus Play, or those docks that allow you to plug it into your television, you can watch videos from your iPod on your TV. That stuff is really important, and of course, with the iPhone, you also have software development, which is uh, even bigger. But you got to well, have that ecosystem. One thing we didn't talk about last week was the TomTom announcement for the. I iPhone. think that's very interesting, and you know the funny that thing is, is real. I, I mean, go ahead. I, I have a Garmin GPS, and I like it a lot. But the problem is, I don't always have it with me. You can't leave it in your car because it's a magnet for someone to smash a window and take it. Sure. But I always have my iPhone with me. It's my cell phone. And exactly. to be able to put that up on the dash or in a little cup holder or something, and right. then TomTom Tom tell me, you know, take a left, take a right, especially if it works uh, audio-wise over this, if I'm listening to my iPod on it, it, it simply turns down the music and says, take the next left. I mean, that would be very powerful. That's something that I would be willing to spend quite a bit of money on i think that the tom tom thing they haven't released prices yet as far as i know but no nothing that i, I I've think seen. that's going to be like a hundred bucks it's going to be one of the more expensive things in the itunes store but they're yeah, but also it, talking it, about you get um a mounting thing it, with it right yeah, well, now need, there's there's a separate little it, yeah go ahead dave sorry yeah you need, you need that extra cradle because i had um i had tom tom software for a, a windows mobile um, smartphone, you know, the one of the early ones, and uh, it worked really, really great, but boy, did it burn through the battery. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you need to have something to mount it in and charge it and, and make all of that work properly. Well, you know, I have that um, the Drive Plus Play 2, and I really hope they come out with a version 3 that works with the iPhone because that would be excellent, especially if it would simply take whatever's displayed on the iPhone and display it on this little third-party monitor like the current Drive Plus Play does, um, that would be great, especially for GPS, because then it's everything built into one. I would love that. But, uh, yeah, that would be great. Let's uh, give credit to our sponsor real quick, Otherworld Computing. Uh, Please go up to MacSales.com and buy something. There's so much <laughs> stuff up there right now worth buying. And uh, maybe we'll do another contest with them here in, in another couple weeks, because uh, I enjoyed the last contest we did. We gave away the yeah. Voyager. Really cool little thing. And they're really starting to expand their audio. And I love audio. You know, Before I got into computers, I was an audiophile. Um, and I've said this, and I think I've said it on the podcast before. When I first started My Mac Magazine back in 95, 
one of the reasons to do it, it's two really, um, other than I wanted to share my opinions on shareware and stuff like that, was I wanted to try to hone my writing ability. And how do you do that? So, the, you know, Doc Maker on Mac OS 7 and uploading it to AOL and all that gave me an opportunity to uh, start writing a lot more. And the reason I wanted to hone my writing ability is I wanted to become one of two things. I wanted to be a reviewer for Stereo Review, which doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> it's, it's long yeah. gone. And, or I wanted to write comic books. Not draw. I, wanted, I, can't, I can't draw a straight line. But I wanted to write. I wanted to be a comic book writer. That dream is, uh, I don't want to say gone, but it's not that big a deal to me anymore. Although, you know, Marvel Comics came up and said, we'd like you to write Spider-Man. I'd be all over it. But uh, <laughs> I wanted to be a writer for Stereo Review because I was so into audio equipment. And, David, I know you used to work at a hi-fi store. I did, yeah, I did work kind of as a summer job. Yeah. Uh, so you understand that passion. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's, there's not if you have... You know, if you have access to audio equipment that sounds really good, not the cheap stuff that we buy nowadays, but, you know, stuff that, you know, has had a, has to had the kind of um, care and attention that Apple devotes to their computers, but, you know, devoted to making sure that it sounds really good. Until you hear it, you have no idea how good music can sound. Exactly. So all of a sudden you can hear things you think, you know, I, I've heard this song and I've never heard, you know, that, that bass line or that mix on the drums or, you know, you can hear the uh, you know the swish of the of the singer as he moves the microphone and all of that, and it it just makes it completely different audio experience. It does, and I really like that. Other world computing is really getting in. They've got the whole OWC Music Center now. If you go up to their website and click audio, they've got some really really high end stuff. They've also got a lot of affordable items uh, like MIDI interfaces from forty bucks. I mean, just really good prices, but. I want the higher end stuff as well, and it's nice that they have that. So check that out, and uh, thanks well, for, for OWC. Example, yeah, go ahead. Uh, they've got a uh, the Mercury Pro Super Multi Blue Firewire, which is a, a Blu-ray Blu-ray drive along with, of course, burning DVDs for three hundred and nineteen dollars. Wow, that's a good price, uh, Jim. Yes, yes. We're going to ask you to drop out of the call for a minute and come back in because we're getting some weird feedback from you. So I'm going to hang up on you and bring you back into the show. Okay. Okay. He needs needs to feed you Skype monkeys. Yeah, Skype monkey. Let's bring him back (laughs) in and see if it's working for him. If not, we'll we'll tell him to uh, quit and relaunch Skype. That's one of the problems with Skype, that it, it gets a little buggy sometimes. But no, it sounds like you need to reboot your Skype there, Jim. Okay, okay. Oh, that was bad. That was, that was scary. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that wasn't Jim, that was Satan. <laughs> Satan spelled with S-K-Y-P-E. Yeah, Jim's going to reboot. That's, you know, it happens. If there was a better solution than Skype, we would be all over it, guys. But there just isn't right now. Not yet. Yeah, maybe the next version of uh, uh, iChat. Maybe when, when, yeah, maybe when Snow Leopard comes out, we'll have a rewrite from the ground up of iChat. You know, they, they, that was one of the things Steve Jobs, when iChat, this version came out, that he really touted that, oh, we're using much better uh, audio codecs, and eh, not really there, yeah, Steve. Not, so much, not yeah. so much, Steve. Well, let's give Jim another try. He's uh, quit Skype and come back in, and it's a ringing, so hopefully it'll sound better. How's that sound? Better? No, not uh, really. Darn it. Still pretty bad. 
Huh, I closed my Safari. Yeah, you might want to reboot your whole computer. Okay, I'm on an old G5, so... Uh, That might have something to do with it. Uh, I'll look for you in Skype and bring you back in when you come back. Okay. Okay. All right, bye. Fun, fun, fun on the podcast today. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah, at least At least everyone knows it's live. It is live. We're not editing. So, and if you come on the show, and this is an open invitation for anybody listening, if you'd like to come on the show, send us an email to feedback at mymac.com, and we'll get you on. The only thing that we require is that you... uh, Try to have a decent mic. Now, sometimes the, the built-in mic on your mic, Macintosh will work fine, and we could give it a try. We can give it a test to see if the audio quality is there. Um, <clears throat> but you have to Jim, wear headphones. Well, yeah, Jim was sounding pretty good until it kind of went kind to of hell. funky, <laughs> and that happens sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's go ahead and jump into the feedback. Now, we got a really uh, long feedback, and David Cohen's going to read it. And uh, I, I, I love the name. This is from Barry White. Barry White. Um, I don't think it's that, it's that Barry no, White. No, it's not. But yeah. he, with this, but yeah. he is in a band. He uh, in, a, in a subsequent email, he actually sent me a link to his uh, band's website. So he, uh, he actually okay. plays in a band. Barry, I don't know what you sound like, but I'm going to call you the Warus of Mac. <laughs> um, so, okay, so, so Barry says, so it's hello from Down Under in Wellington, New Zealand, home of the Lord of the Rings and soon the Hobbits. You know, when I hear yeah. New Zealand now, I don't think of Lord of the Rings or the Hobbit at all. No? No, I think of Flight of the Concords. Uh, One of yeah. my favorite shows on uh, HBO here in the States. I don't know if they show it everywhere else or if you guys have seen it, but... No, it's always there on the internet. Oh, I love it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so, so Barry says, first off, can I say how much I've been enjoying the show? I've become an avid downloader, downloader and big fan of the podcast. I've attended Macworld way back in 1995. Wow. I particularly enjoyed your coverage of this year's Macworld, which made me feel like it was actually there. You guys are certainly entertaining and easy to listen to. Thank you very much, Barry. Appreciate that. Yeah, it was he nice. also took, yeah, he also says he took the step of subscribing to the site, and we can view his profile. I'm not going to read his email address out. <laughs> so he says, most recently I've been listening to your discussions on the well-oiled subjects of WWDC announcements, and as a result felt compelled to write to you and to add my 10 cents worth. And of course, not remember, sure. this was sent before WWDC. That's right, happened. yeah. So let, let's see how Barry did. Yep. Okay. So clearly Apple's recent substantial order of 10-inch screens indicates there is something afoot, but is it a tablet, Mac, a netbook, or an iPhone? So far, or nothing. nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, we haven't seen a product um, with those 10-inch screens in yet, so we'll have to see. He says, well, personally, well, before, before you go on, do you guys think yeah. that maybe they're saving that for uh, Steve Jobs coming yeah, back? Yeah, I, I think whatever that is revolved around, and we've all read those reports, I'm sure, that Apple places huge order for 10-inch screens. Um, and I didn't say this last week, but I think that there's a reason that they moved the 13-inch MacBook up into the MacBook Pro now. And I yeah. think that's because they want to free up that name MacBook for a brand-new product. Yeah, could be. Could okay. be. He says, now, Barry says, personally, I do not think we will see a new iPhone at WWDC, and if we do, it will be a minor upgrade, new size or configuration, etc. Possibly a cheaper version... Yeah, possibly a cheaper version as a step up from the iPod Touch, which is sold much better than Apple's expecting. Much better. Now, there's so something. Let's stop there. He was right and wrong. I mean, yeah. it, it, in some people's mind, the new iPod, or I'm sorry, the new iPhone is just a minor update. It's got a better camera. It's got um, a bigger processor. Blah blah blah. Right. But it's not that. It's it. It does video now. 
Um, well, the way it looks is is exactly the same, but yes, it's, yes. It, the internals are are, are what's the different. real story as far as the iPhone goes. I, th- I, th- I think if, you know, if it was a laptop, you would probably say it was speed bumped. So uh, yeah, you know, it, it is kind of yeah. like that. There's a couple of extra features. There's the, the compass and and uh, you know the the uh, video processor is better and that sort of thing, uh, and obviously more memory because uh, it's 16 and 32 gig rather than the 8 and 16. But he was right as well. Is that the 8 gig? Uh, iPhone 3G remains and has been dropped in price to $99. Which is a really awesome deal. You know how many people that got a hold of me that said, I'm buying the iPhone 3G because it's $99? I mean, it just put it down in price. I I, I told you guys last week, I took my daughter to the AT&T store just two weeks ago. There was no phones under $100 that was worth a piece of crap. And all of a sudden, Apple has one that's $99 and it's an iPhone? Ugh. Boy, you're going to see that market show go up. But there's one downside of that, which means anyone who wants to upgrade to the 3GS now is now going to find it harder to get a good price for their 3G on eBay. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Well, hold uh, on so a second. Go- Before you continue, let's try to bring Jim back in on the call. His, okay. Uh, his good luck, reboot Jim. is uh, finished, so we'll see if uh, it's working. And if it's not, he said he could try the MacBook. And How you doing, Jim? I'm good. Has, is this any better? Oh, much better. So we'll, we'll yeah. see if it continues or not. So we're and I'll the- stop. I'll not get on the the browser. <laughs> yeah. So we're gonna we're right in the middle of reading the feedback from one of our listeners, Barry White. Not that Barry White. That would be cool, but this is Barry White from New Zealand. And uh, go ahead and continue, David. So Barry goes on. He says there will, however, be a new media machine without question, but not until later this year at the earliest. This unit will be pitched as the cloud computer for the masses, just like the original Apple in 1985. It was Steve's vision back then, and it remains so today. The unit will effectively be a large iPod Touch with USB. It will take the form of a smooth coffee table-style device, ideal for casual use around the home. Target market: web surfing, media downloading, YouTube, iTunes, etc., electronic book reading, email, of course, and gamers. It will have a clip stand so it can be used like a traditional LCD monitor, the new Apple keyboard and Bluetooth mouse natural partners. It will have Bluetooth 802.11, of course. will support 3G for data only, e.g. it won't be a phone. Um, dare I suggest it may even have a DVD-ROM. Uh, so that's kind of an, you know, it's, an inter- it's kind of like a... A, a tablet. You know, a, yeah, yeah, but, it, but it's, it's not really a tablet as as people i mean tablets today are kind of viewed as kind of business type devices and he's really thinking of that more much more of a as a you know much around the home device yeah if apple was going to release a device like that i don't think it would have an optical drive no that's a thing of the past apple's left the optical drives behind they're still in the max obviously but um they're going away they're going away well you know quite honestly how long does it take to download a, a full four or five gig movie from iTunes now, maybe an hour. Yeah. And, and if you look at the MacBook Pro, it doesn't have an optical drive. Yeah. So I I don't see optical drive. You mean the MacBook Air? Yes, the MacBook Air. Yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. yeah. Okay, go ahead. Uh, he says, the one big announcement we basically come out of WWDC, however, could be around the Apple TV and SDK3. Note yes. the US, noting the USB port on the back, I don't believe they put it there for the hell of it, suggests that Apple will port the iPhone OS, which at the end of the day is OS X in a derivative form, to the Apple TV, maybe rebranded, expect to see a new 3D application menu system. This seems instinctively logical. 3D interface, the rage on the back of CoverFlow. Safari already showing us what we can expect here. And I, I think that's an interesting point because the Apple TV interface is I mean, it's fairly simple. It is. Um, you For know, a it reason. Could, it, it has yeah. to work around that small little remote. Yeah. Well, they could, they could, I mean, they could change that, couldn't they? 
Yeah. Change yeah. By, by Belkin. Yeah. yeah. So why? Is it, so Barry goes on. So why would Apple do this? Simple answer, developers. The iPhone has seen unparalleled growth as never witnessed before of a new and exciting development community, one that's literally spawned overnight. Apple must feed it or lose it. Most of these developers have never built applications for Apple before and are unequivocally game media and mostly online-centric. Moreover, Apple, having conquered the mobile market, now have their eyes squarely on the game's lounge market, which has always evaded them, with the exception of the iMac, of course. And if you look at what games are doing, not just on the App Store, but as an industry, the video game market is bigger than Hollywood. And it's bigger than the music studios now. I mean, yeah. games shifting. are... It's shifting now as well. It is. It is. And and people are spending big money on games. I just spent uh, a couple weeks ago, was it, 60 bucks for a game called Infamous for the PS3. And I've been playing the crap out of that game. It's one of the best games that I've played this year. I, I'm absolutely... I love that game. And, uh, yeah. It, yeah, it's $60, but I have to go to a store and get a physical disc and bring it home and play it. And it was worth every penny of it, by the way, because how, how many hours have I played it compared to how much movies cost to rent or buy? You know, I, I've got my 60 bucks out of it already, and I still plan on going back and playing it the evil side because it, you you have a choice right at the beginning. You'd be a good guy or a bad guy, and I went good guy. I'm going to play it again. I'm going to be a bad guy, and I'm going to kill everybody and make you know the city hate me. And uh, it's that's worth 60 bucks. There's another one coming out called Ghostbusters. And it's basically written by the same people who wrote the first one. And all the main characters are voiced by the real actors, Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray. Bill Murray and, you know, they're all in this game. And the production value on these games are very, very high. You get hours and hours and hours of playing. And, yeah, they, they're not cheap, 60 bucks. Why doesn't Apple want to get in that market? I think they do. I think it would be foolish for them not to. But... I agree with Jim that it's not going to be physical media that you go out and buy. You simply buy it on the iTunes Apple Store. Well, the video games companies want to move away from physical media because Absolutely. that's something that could, you can resell. I mean, I, I bought an Xbox recently, and, and I've got probably about seven or eight different games for it now, but I haven't bought a single new game. It's all second-hand stuff, and they, they don't like that because they're not getting any revenue from me. Absolutely. Well, I, th- you know? I think that, that uh, Valve is probably the forefront of what the future of video gaming is, where it's all downline. Yeah, but I think Apple yeah. has a much better market, because if, if it's right there on the platform you're using. Now, the Xbox and the PS3 and the Wii all have online stores where you can buy games. And uh, I think it's I think it's Microsoft announced that for the Xbox, you'll be able to buy uh, full games, full, full yeah, life no. games download. Because yeah. they yeah, the, but, we just yeah, got the, we just got Halo uh, two or three downloaded for the Xbox. Yeah, and yeah, so, but that's that's new. Up until recently, you've only been able to buy kind of you know small older. games or 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 older games or right. port games rather than but you know we're talking releases. brand new. Day it comes out on physical media, you'll be able to download it, probably for the same price. But I think a lot of people will go that route. I know but, I will. And, and the best part about it is, you know, unlike when you have physical media, if they've made a mistake in the physical media, you can't change that. But if you're downloading it, you get updates. What do you think, Jim? Do you play games much? Oh, oh yeah. I, I'm not as big as the gamers I used to be, but I like that idea because I think they'll sell more games that way because how easy is it to just go to your dashboard and you know use your credit card and download a game? It's, it's so easy to do. Yeah. I, I've done well, look, it several yeah, times. Look at, I mean, look at how many games 
you know people do buy on the iPhone. You know, most people have have invested you know quite a few. Yeah, but it's different. It's ninety nine cent compared to thirty to sixty dollars for. Yeah, no, but but um, uh, last week, Doom, uh, the guy who developed Doom, John Carmack, uh, uh, id Software, yeah. they announced that they were doing two different Doom games for the iPhone. Yep. And you guarantee those won't be ninety nine cents. They'll be probably getting off ten dollars. Yep. But there's going to be a, think- there's going to be a jump real soon between ninety nine and ten dollar games and thirty dollar games. But I don't think people want to spend thirty dollar for a game for such a small mobile device like the iPhone. Exactly. Exactly. No, but but the I mean, Sony have just launched a new version of the PSP. Yep. That's going to be download only. Download only. Uh, they got rid of the UDM UMD disc. Yeah, UMD, exactly. Yeah. And and uh, obviously that I mean I, I would hope that 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 system will be back compatible with the older PSP. So I mean definitely people are moving this way and and those sort of older devices the DS Nintendo DSi uh, as well also has an, an online uh, yep. availability for games. Um, so you know those are markets where people are used to paying twenty twenty five dollars for a game or more. So if you so, could, you know, it's coming. Yeah. Yeah, if I could, let me ask you, Jim. If you could buy a device from Apple that's ten inches and it's four video games, and the the quality is PS3, Xbox type of you know graphics and sound and gameplay, and the games are sixty bucks, but you download it, is that something that you're interested in? Uh, possibly. Uh, I'm, I'm a big console gamer, so I, I like me the too. control <laughs> of that. Too of that that uh the feedback and everything uh as far as using my fingers on the screen i i, I can't quite grasp that yet yeah uh, well that's because you don't, don't have an iphone yet either right well i have an ipod touch but i don't okay. play a whole lot of games on it but no um, you need to get you need to get once if you get flight control for the ipod touch um that is to, i mean that, that's the become the best finger control game i've ever played you know, because hmm. it's literally just about dragging things around the screen, and yet it just works so let's, well. Let's talk about some games on the iPhone here in a second, because I've got two or three that I want to mention. But let's finish up with Barry White. Yeah, yeah. So um, Barry said, The indicators are all around us, with the growth of netbooks based on stripped-back Linux distributions. 20% of all netbooks this year were shipped with Linux. What we are witnessing is a significant shift away from complex operating systems, such as XP, Vista, etc. Likewise, Apple will de-emphasize uh, OS X in all its full glory. Blasphemy, I know, he says in, in, in uh, quotes. Uh, <laughs> packaging lightweight versions of the uh, OS that are device-specific. Remember, Android will also ship this year as a desktop OS that will run on any Intel machine, so Apple must do this. As for Steve, yes, he's taken some time out for a minor health issue, but I suspect he's actively involved in the above and needs the space and time away from his CEO duties to focus on this initiative. It is no secret the Apple TV is his baby, and with iTunes as the crown jewels, Apple must make a significant break in domestic home computing this year the iphone has pro- proven that they can that this can be done and it's given the apple the confidence to lead the way apple also has google on board um a, a deliberate pun there i think so it's game on microsoft may finally be in trouble so there you have it an antip- antipodean spin on what you can expect to see at wwdc keep up the good work i guess all or some will be revealed in a little over a week so it is barry white so let's. Uh, nice by the way, Barry. Thanks. definitely. Thank you very yeah. much. That's a very long and uh, thought out, Easy. and we really appreciate that, Barry. And of course, we uh, open up for anybody that wants to send us feedback. Feedback at mymac.com, and maybe we'll try to get Barry on the show one of these days. But he's in New Zealand. I think the time difference would just kill him. <laughs> yeah, you imagine <laughs> yeah. the problems that David has uh, from England. That would be horrible for, yeah. for poor Barry. 
Um, let's talk. Oh, by the way, before we move on, I do want to say Apple TV was not Steve Jobs' baby. Uh, I think someone in Apple made that and presented it to him, and he said, "Okay, we could probably sell that. Let's go ahead and run with it." But I don't think it was his idea, and I don't think it's his baby at all. Okay, I would agree with that. Uh, let me talk about the iPhone for for a minute. There's been a couple things that I've been playing. Um, one game is called Star Defense. It's from NG Moco. They actually sent it to me about a week before it came out. And uh, I love it when companies do that because I feel special. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I saw I saw a, um, an article about that online. And uh, I know you're into that sort of game. I was going to ask you if you'd seen it. Yeah, I love power defense games. I still think Field Runners is the best yeah. on the iPhone. It's just one of those games that you start playing and you, and you really like it. Donnie on the staff emailing missed, uh, list men- mentioned... Um, the dungeon something dungeon. I've got it here. Let me launch it so I get the. It's from In Motion Software, and uh, it uses the emblazed engine. I have no idea what that means. Well, don't they have don't they have a World of Goo game for the iPhone? I don't, no, not for the iPhone yet. This is called Dungeon Defense, by the way, and it is a tower defense game. Uh, they are very different, but yet the mechanics are kind of the same. I like. Both games, although I have to say Field Runners still is my favorite. Now, Star Defense is very similar to it in that you have to build towers, and and the towers are there to defend against the invading horde or the bad guys or the spaceship or the robot, whatever the enemies may be. And in this game, unlike the others, the other ones are, it's a flat game. You see the whole board, you see the enemies, you see the goal, you see everything. You don't see everything in Star Defense. It's literally a globe. So you have to kind of move the globe around to position different things. When I when I saw the the pictures of this, it reminded me of some of the levels in Super Mario Galaxy. On the it, yes, absolutely. And, I, and, and if you played it, you'd get that sensation even more so. Yeah. I like it, but it's taken me a long time to wrap my head around it. Um, I don't know if I like it as much as the other games yet or not. So it warrants more uh, playtime. But it is too complex for my uh, soon-to-be six-year-old. Um, she wanted to test it. She wanted to try it, and she just—it was just too much for her. Yeah. Um, one game she loves is called Monkey, and the whole point of Monkey is you fling your little monkey across the screen, and you try to collect. It could be bananas or oranges or whatever it is. You have to get a certain number of them before he hits an obstacle and dies. And <laughs> it's a very simple game, but yet it's actually kind of fun. And I watch her play it, and I'm like. Oh, Give me the phone. I can do better than that. <laughs> and that's that's the sign of a good game, no, I Daddy, think. it's my game. No, I want to play. You said I could play for five minutes. I think that's the sign of a good game when you're watching your child play and you're like, oh, give it here. I want to do it. Uh, so that's a fun one. Scoops is another fun one. Um, ice cream is falling from the sky and you're trying to catch it with your ice cream cone. And you just tilt the phone on that one. That's kind of fun. Almost sounds like Bomberman. Yep. And uh, Lemonade Stand is another one. Actually, I think it's called Lemonade Tycoon. But it's basically like Lemonade Stand from the old uh, Apple II days. Do you remember those, I love, Jim? I, I, I love that sort of game. Do you remember Lemonade Stand, Jim? I, I don't, sorry. Go ahead and explain <laughs> it, David. Well, it, basically, it's kind of... it's. It's like a, a microcosm business game. So the idea is, is that you, uh, you know, you have to, 
you have to kind of sell you know you have to make money selling lemonade but uh you know you have to you have to think about what you know what you're buying in terms of ingredients and and uh that's what sort the of demand thing. is going to be yeah, exactly. how much money you no, want to put it, into marketing and exactly it, it's it's kind of it, it sounds very simple sim. but yeah but exactly it sounds very simple but it can, becomes quite addictive particularly as you start making real money with it and then you uh in the game and you start you know saying how how far can it because it's one of those games where if you just make one mistake you can kind of really undo half an hour's work yes it's <laughs> yep. a whole load of money so those are the ones uh, that i've been playing lately i i like the the lemonade tycoon that's a fun game and so if you like those kind of things definitely check it out any uh games that you've been playing on the iphone lately david well, actually, I, I downloaded the... Um, there was a game that was tied into the Star Trek movie. Yes, I saw uh, that. And it's a, yeah, and it's a really fun... You know, it's a very simple shoot-em-up. It, but it reminded has, me of Galaga, actually. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Um, but it has lots of nice power-ups in it. And, um, you know, it's really fun to play. You know, it's, it's uh, for whiling away sort of ten minutes, quarter of an hour, it's pretty good. And the other thing I've been playing an awful lot of is, um, is Dig Dug. Oh yeah, that'd love, be a good game on the touch. Now, I, well, I love playing, uh, you know, old arcade games on the iPhone. It, you know, it to me, I, I've always liked being able to play um, Mame and that sort of thing, and actually being play play the real code of arcade games on modern computers because it just takes me back to my childhood. And you know, I love the fact that you know games I used to have to pump money into, I can I have to play for free. <laughs> I was like that yeah, with really? uh, Pac Man. I mean, you know, you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can't tell you how many quarters that I spent on Pac-Man. Exactly. And to be able to play it to your heart's content, I love that. That's great. I yeah. wish they'd. I wish they'd. Somebody would make a uh, iPhone version of Berserk. If anybody, remembers I wish that someone game. would make it so you could use an actual controller with the iPhone that would plug right into uh, the dock, and the iPhone that's, would sit right in the middle. That's yeah, that's right. Because because that's actually one of, one of the hard things about Dig Dug is the controls. It's it you know they haven't got it quite right. I mean the way that these um, you know people like Bandai and Namco and uh, are, are remixing these games is they have the original version and then they they normally throw in a, a you know a tarted up more modern graphics version. But right. you know I I play it in the old arcade mode just like I used to. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it uh, you know I find myself uh, really putting a lot of time into that. It's a yeah. lot of fun. Touch screen is it's really not ideal for gaming now i know that everyone loves the gaming on on the iphone and the ipod touch um except for jim (laughs) (laughs) but it's just not your hand gets in the way of what you're doing and i like jim i'm a console guy and i much prefer to play it on the console but there is something very visceral about playing a game on your phone that has really great graphics, you know, while you're sitting there waiting for the waitress to bring the menu or something. It, it just, it's really nice. And the price point, of course, it's, it's fantastic. Some of these games for 99 cent right. is just a steal. Um, Jim, let me ask you, what was your very first computer? Uh, the one that I, first one I bought myself was a desktop G3. Really? Uh, yeah, uh, that was... Uh, but my first computer that I used, a uh, Mac, was a uh, Power Mac 8500, and that was at work. Uh, if I wrap the show up real quick, guys, it's because the wife and the, the kids are arriving, and because uh, we're actually going long in the tooth. They're supposed to be home at any time, so if I go, well, that's the show this week, you know why. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, there's something I wanted to mention. Uh, a longtime listener uh, sent this in to me, and I thought it was kind of funny. Um 
Zelic Software, uh, Jared or Zelic Software, has been a listener to the podcast for a long, long time. And uh, he, I cannot think of, what was it? It was the uh, randomizer. He, he made a little AppleScript program for me that would allow me to randomly select a winner for our podcast out of my email program. And uh, I still use it to this day. Thanks very much, Jared. And uh, he has a new program out there. I'm looking for it, and it's called Ringy Dingy. And it's uh, I re- he, he writes, I released a new program that creates ringtones for the iPhone called Ringy Dingy. Uh, I use the pri- uh, I use the program to create two ringtones for your podcast, and I have attached them to this email. So if you guys want to hear the ringtones that he made from our podcast, I'll post them up in the show notes. For uh, what is this show? Two forty-five. Two forty-five. Two forty-five. I'll, I'll post them online for anybody that wants to listen to them. Um, and you can download it and use it ringtone as you want, but I wouldn't suggest it because uh, people would look at you really weird. But more, he he charges uh, twenty-five bucks for the software. It's twenty-four ninety-nine. But he says for our listeners, if you're listening to this, he's going to give you guys a reduced price of nine ninety-eight. Wow, that's so, a heck of a deal. Oh, absolutely. So to get this, I'm going to put this uh, link up in the show notes, but it's zelicsoftware.com slash mymac. So Z-E-L-E-K software.com slash mymac. So if you go there, or you can go to mymac windows if you're on a Windows machine. So this works on both a Mac and a Windows box. If you want to get the software for significant savings, nine ninety eight compared to twenty five bucks, uh, follow these links, and I'll put these in the show notes because that's very cool. I like it. Thanks, thanks, Jared. Appreciate that. So, what do you, what do you guys want to talk about before we wrap this show up here? Because I, I haven't heard the telltale beep of the Honda beeping, which means she just locked the doors and they're heading towards the front door now. <laughs> haven't heard it yet, so we can keep going for a little bit. What about you, uh. Jim? You're, um, you're the guest. I'm the guest. Um, gosh, I what don't are you, know. What are you doing with your Mac lately that's preoccupying your time? Is there like... Uh, lots of photos of the baby, so... Yeah, yeah. I know how and that video. is. Are you yeah. doing that with uh, iPhoto? Do you bring them into like, Photoshop and adjust them? Or? A, a combination of iPhoto and um, Lightroom. Like, Lightroom oh. I do for more uh, just for my side business, if you will, uh, of photography. And then I use iPhoto uh, to be able to sync it with my uh, iPod Touch and my mobile me account. Awesome. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I use a similar sort of workflow. Um, I, you know, I, I shoot shoot all my photos in RAW, so I have to use a, uh, you know, a RAW management program. I use Lightroom for that. But the advantage of exporting JPEGs once you've you've processed your photos into um, iPhoto is that yes, you can get them onto your uh, iPhone or iPod Touch, but also you can use the face recognition and stuff. So when people say, "Oh, you know, let's see all the photos of the new baby," it's uh, it's nice and easy to do rather than trying to pick them out through all the Lightroom libraries. Are you using that right. face recognition, Jim? I, I'm not. Yeah. I don't uh, see a need for it really right now. Once you start course, using it, it's one of those things that you're like, "Well, okay, I can kind of see those." Well, my G5, it's it's a little tough. Yeah, I mean, you probably need a newer machine soon. Yeah, I know. I've, my my good, MacBook does pretty good. Good luck convincing still, your wife, by the way. Oh, yeah. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is there any what What are your favorite Mac websites out there that you go to? Um. Gosh, 
Because this is one of the things that we, I don't think that we talk about enough on this podcast is the, the Mac websites that we go to. Other than my Mac, of course, but, you know, that's our own thing. But we want to steer people towards good Mac websites out there that are worth talking about. Oh, MacSurfer.com, for you example. You like MacSurfer? What do you like about MacSurfer? Uh, I, I like that uh, you can pretty much get most of the current news from the rest of the Mac web all in one spot, even though they never post any of my stuff. Ah, yes, they have. Yeah. I know they have, I'm for a fact. I'm just, look, just looking through my list of... Uh, I get most of mine through RSS feeds, but I'm just looking through... I mean, Macworld is, is one... Uh, I know we've we've criticised some some of the writing in MacWorld in the past, but you know they still uh, you know they they're clued into the industry, so they often get a lot of uh, you know reports. I think MacWorld on Online things. has has improved over the last couple of years. Yeah, greatly. I really do. It's 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 not the same website that it was back in say 2003 and prior. Yeah, the unofficial Apple weblog is always a must for me as well. I agree. So, That's a really well written. Uh, didn't we meet someone from that website guy? Yeah, at uh, Macworld last year. Well, it wasn't at Macworld. It was year. at the airport. It was at the airport. Oh, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. While we were waiting for the plane. Yeah, yeah. And, in, Mil- uh, in Milwaukee, I think? I thought it was in San Francisco, but it could have been Milwaukee. Was, no, you know, you're right. It no. wasn't San Francisco. It was when we were getting ready to leave. To, when we had to, that. Minneapolis, that, uh, yeah. yeah. Minneapolis. Yeah. But it but was I, in I, San Francisco that we met him. Yeah, yeah, when yeah. we were waiting for that red-eye flight to come back home. Exactly, yeah. yep, that's what it was. Red-eye. So, so that's a good one, but actually three three I'm seeing on the list that, that you know, for me, are must-reads. Uh, the stuff from David Pogue, um, you can get a feed of, of his New York Times stuff, and, and obviously he's a very big, you know, Apple guy, um, and a lot of the stuff he writes is very funny and, and you know, kind of really good. The, uh, there's another one uh, from a, uh, a guy who calls himself the Macalope. Oh, I love Macalope. Uh, the Macalope is fantastic because you know he he likes nothing better than to take some of the uh, the more ridiculous uh, you know speculations about Apple and particularly for guys who aren't very pro Apple who like to you know pull them apart and say this that and the other about them and and really he he rips them apart in a really very very entertaining way. I'd so, say I'd have to say Daring Fireball, John Gruber. Daring site. Fireball as well is also very good for doing that. Yeah, you know, anytime you see that. Jackass of the Week on Daring. Oh, it's Fireball, a must read. That's going to be exactly. You got to read it. Oh, who's Jackass of the Week? And you almost always agree with him too. Exactly. And then the other one is uh, a former guest on here, Harry McCracken's site, the Technologizer. And uh, you know, I used his site for the. He was in the uh, WWC, uh, WWC for the keynote, and his um, his live coverage was absolutely excellent. And uh, you know, it was really again is a, is a must read for me that site. So you said photography, Jim. Is it what big photography sites that you go to? Oh gosh, um, let's see. Photo Focus is a new podcast. Um, I've got uh, typical Mac, not yeah, typical Mac user. Yeah, <laughs> that one too. And uh, yeah, Victor's doing uh, photo stuff as well, though, isn't he? Yeah, he got right. typical, typical photo user or something like that. This is his new shutter, typical shutter. Typical shutter, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, love Victor. Flickr, I use Flickr a lot. Uh, yeah, I. I I've got tons of them here. I could go on. <laughs> I think you covered the ones that uh, I, I go to a lot, David. Um, what about, what is your, I, I'm kind of feeling for time because we have a few minutes here and they haven't come home yet. <laughs> what about mm-hmm. non-Mac, non-technology? What's 
is there like a site out there that you have to hit like at least once a week to uh to just to read it to have fun what about you guy um gosh there's there's a bunch of web comics that that I like to go to and and that's usually a, either a daily or a, or a couple times a week switch over uh questionablecontent.com is a is a great web comic very very funny uh, another one would be uh, one called Strip Tease, and no, it's not what you think it is. Uh, <laughs> there's there's one that's actually written by um, a big Apple fan. It's called Apple Geeks. Apple Geeks. Yes, and the guy who the guy who draws it it, it does it, beautiful 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 drawings. It, it's it's kind of an exaggerated realistic style, but it's it's a really really fun read. You got any, Jim? Um, I'm looking. Uh... Not really. Uh, Facebook. <laughs> I've spent some time on there. Yeah, I see your yeah. postings up there on Facebook. Yeah. And that's the thing that I like to do on my iPhone. Um, you know, when I'm in the bathroom or sitting on the couch and I want to check Facebook real quick. It's really easy to do on my iPhone with that Facebook app. Um, I don't like it quite as much as the, the Facebook web page, but it's real easy to update my status or upload pictures directly from the iPhone, say if I'm at a ball game or whatever and i can just post them right to facebook from my phone i love that that's it's really nice that's what i miss with the ipod touch i yeah. can't do any of that unless i have a wi-fi connection yeah and that's that's the big drawback with the ipod touch compared to the iphone when you get the iphone you're just it's always online i mean you know your mail is there waiting for you your iChat is sitting there well aim uh facebook myspace twitter it's all right there you can update your status and check stuff no matter where you're at as long as you got, yeah. you know, cell coverage, and most places do now. Right. I, I like to read. Um, you know, guy mentioned comics. There's a comic called xkcd.com. Xkc. Is, yeah, xkcd.com. Uh, if you go there, this guy, it, the, the the comic is drawn with stick figures. I mean, it looks incredibly simplistic, um, but this is kind of a you know, it's 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 not like an ultra geek comic strip, and it's so funny, um, and you know, often often really really kind of off the wall, but uh, but pretty clever, and uh, yeah, even the simplistic drawing style doesn't put you off. It's uh, it's a real find that I recommend it very highly. I've got two. Um... One's about video games, and I know Jim's big into video games. Uh, it's a video show, and it's called Zero Punctuation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, the guy who does it, uh, Ben Yahtzee, is, he literally doesn't take a breath through these five-minute videos. Oh, yeah, I've seen that one. That's very funny. And he, he he's not scared to rip anything apart. And it's just hilarious. I, I played some of his videos for Guy at Macworld. Yeah, that's what got me hooked on him. And uh, it's it's just really, really good. And, Is he English? Uh, yes, he's English, but he lives in Australia. So go figure. Oh, okay. He's an expat living in Australia. And, of course, you know, he buys his games for the most part. And if it costs a lot, you know, he's not happy if it's a crappy game. But, honestly, it's it's one of those things that, if it's a crappy game, you know it's going to be even a, a, a better. <laughs> it, it's just going to be better. It's, it's going to be funner. Um, it's called it's called none no punctuation. Uh, zero punctuation. Zero punctuation. Oh, zero. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. If okay. you just do a, a, a Google search for zero punctuation, you'll find it. I'll also put links to these in show notes two forty five. And the last one, and I was really glad to see that he got back into doing these video things a couple years ago. When Chad Perry and I were doing the podcast together, uh, before we started recording, we'd always watch one or two videos from a guy named Z Frank. 
Mm-hmm. And he had this video called The Show. And his goal was to do that for one year and then stop. And that's exactly what he did. And uh, the guy's a talented musician. Uh, he's funnier in hell. I mean, he, he's funnier than most people that you'll see on te- television. Um, he, he did this uh, a world sandwich, an earth sandwich, where he would lay one piece of bread on one side of the planet, and then you had to lay one on the opposite side, and thus you made an earth sandwich. Um, it, just brilliant stuff. And I was really bummed out when he stopped because I enjoyed it so much. And I enjoyed it so much that I'll actually go back and watch a couple of the old episodes that he did. And they're small videos, you know, two minutes here, ten minutes there. Nothing really big, but they were just really well done. Um, if you like The Daily Show with Jon Stewart, you'll love Z. Frank. So I, I, just, I happened to be looking for one thing. And um, no, I know what it was. I, I follow him on Twitter. And he posted a link on Twitter about a video. So I followed it. He's on Vimeo now. And he's doing something very similar to the show. Now, he doesn't have a lot. He's only got like 11 videos up there. But it looks like he's been picking it up over the last month or so where he's releasing one a week. And I posted one of them up at MyMac.com on the blog side. But it's definitely worth checking out if you like watching some quick videos and you want to laugh. Uh, Z Frank on Vimeo is well worth checking out. And, of course, I'll put a link in the show notes. Uh, Did you guys ever watch the show? No, I've no, not seen that. Oh, gosh. No, not me. Well, go up and, and watch some of his Vimeo stuff. It's not as good as the show uh, because I don't think he's putting that much effort into it like he used to. Uh, but one of them is called uh, Illusion. That's really funny. Yeah, just, you posted that I on posted the that uh, one, slide, did you? Yeah. That was, that was very funny. Did you, did you watch that one, Guy? Yeah. Uh, no, I don't think I did. Yeah, you got to watch that tonight. You'll get a <laughs> kick out of it. And do it, do it. He, he tells you to put your your finger on the screen. And, and you got to do it. And, and you'll get a kick out of it. Trust me. If, if you go up to MyMac.com right now, guy, it's a little ways down on the blog side. Uh, but it's from me, and it says, Z Frank is back. And uh, it's it's well worth watching. So with that, we're going to, they're not here yet, but we're, uh, we're at an hour, so we're going to wrap up the show. Jim, I and I'm hungry. Come. Yeah, you're hungry. I, I heard that belly growling all the way from Virginia here to Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> where Where are you at, Jim? I'm in Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Yep. Go Sooners. Go Sooners. <laughs> uh, so with that, Jim, I want to thank you for coming on the show. And uh, and we're definitely going to have you back on and awesome. uh, talk thanks. more Mac stuff. Thank, yeah, thanks for having me on. It's been, it's been fun. It's been Go fun Sooners. for us. Go Sooners. <laughs> and of course, the invitations out there for anybody who would like to come on the show and have a good time and laugh and and uh, yeah, just be surrounded by other Mac geeks just like you. Feedback at mymac.com. Uh, and while you're thinking about coming on the show, we'd appreciate it if you can go up to iTunes to our podcast page and uh, give us a review. If you can't find it, just go to our link on the main page. Whatever MyMac podcast that you're looking at, there's always a link that says review our show on iTunes, please. Simply click that link. It'll open up iTunes and go right to the review page for our podcast. Just give us a quick review. We'd appreciate it. The higher the star, the better. But, you know, um, if you do write a review, let us know what you think about the show because we do read them. If if there's stuff that you don't like, maybe we can change it. And in fact, we kind of did that already, didn't we, Guy, by going with this uh, newer format that we didn't follow this week or last week. No, no, and we, we, we will get back to it, we maybe. Will. No, we will, definitely. I like I liked the 15-minute segments. I think it works well. Um, it's just been one of those things that 
Well, with WWDC. Yeah, and, yeah. and plus I wanted to get Jim on, and I didn't want to limit Jim to just 15 minutes in and out, because then it's more like an interview. Rather well, than especially, especially with the Skype problems he had earlier, that's true too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know this is this is more of just hanging out with other Mac guys for a little while. You know, even if it's yeah. for just an hour, and and uh, I think it's fun, and it's it's great to meet new people. That's what that's the that's the really fun part for me. That's why I like doing the contest. We get to meet new people. That, that's fun. Uh, David Cohen, anything before we wrap? Uh, no. Guy Searle, your uh, iPhone should be arriving. Now, are you going to actually get it tomorrow, or... Uh, I, I don't know. I just want it. I want my new iPhone. I want my iPhone. Well, I want you know, my Mapo. With, with, with your new iPhone, you're going to have to start blogging a lot more about it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll finally have something to blog about as far as the iPhone goes. <laughs> there, that's true. So uh, I think we're going to wrap it up, and uh, we'll be back in one week. By the way, remember to... Uh, Check out our other show, Geekiest Show Ever. If you go to geekiestshowever.com, you'll find a link to iTunes, or just do a sh- uh, search on iTunes for Geekiest Show Ever. And it's basically the same cast of characters you're going to find here, except we talk about all kinds of geeky stuff. In fact, the last show we did, uh, show number eight, we talked about, David and I, about our favorite music and movies. And uh, it was a bear to edit, but David, I had a lot of fun on that show, and I think you did too. It was great. Thunderbirds. Thunderbirds are go! (laughs) So if you want to know what that means, go up and check out that show, and uh, we'd appreciate it. All right, we're out of here. Bye. Thanks for downloading and listening to the MyMac.com podcast. 